And we are doing this outdoors on the grounds of Clay Pit Pond by the Belmont High School. There's a very special event taking place today. It's September 28th, 2020. There is a rally planned by a group called Time to Put Belmont Kids First. Right? Time to Put Kids First in Belmont. And it's planned for today, this afternoon. And I'm interviewing the organizers. To my right, I have Christine. McGlynn McLaughlin, and to her right is Melissa Magnatis. So thank you for coming on the show, both of you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Chris McLaughlin, and... Hi, Melissa Magnatis. Oh, uh, Belmont resident for uh, 15 years now, uh, sixth grader in the elementary school, and very much involved. Um, I've lived in Belmont for 17 years. My husband grew up here, and I've got two girls at the high school, and one of uh, my son is at Chenery. We met last year at baseball, so we spent a lot of afternoons on the baseball field and just talking and, you know, similar friends and have seen each other out at different occasions. Um, And then, honestly, we've really gotten to know each other through this cause <laughs> through just I once we started you know being concerned about the direction of the school committee and what they were doing with the, the learning plans people just started talking and emailing and people were frustrated so people just started reaching out and people were putting each other in touch with certain people that felt the same way and then it just kind of kind of grew like that so we've been spending a lot of time talking and we share the same position about this and uh, we have a large group of people hundreds of people that, you know, are very concerned with what's going on, definitely want a hybrid plan for Belmont. Um, so that's kind of what we've been doing for the past several weeks. Okay, so whose idea was it to start this Facebook page? Tell me how the Facebook page was, was born. You know, we're not trying to be political. We're not, we're not activists. We're literally just concerned moms and dads. Um, so we just found, like, we couldn't talk to each other and we couldn't put plans out there. So... Um, I, I'm sorry, I forget his last name, but it's Abu. I think it's Carlos. 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 And um, I, we have a friend, Carl Ivester, who suggested we do it. And so they started the, uh, the Belmont page, and it's been a great way to communicate. There's also a whole other group of parents um, that I actually had started a petition in aug- early August. Just because I didn't know what to do, I was frustrated. I knew I felt this way. I knew a lot of other people felt this way. Uh, I just wanted to let the school committee and Superintendent Phelan know that a lot of people you know, felt strongly about getting the kids in person safely. Um, So I started the petition, and through that, people contacted me and said, you should talk to this group of people. Um, So I ended up meeting a guy named Larry Schmidt and um, Jamal, who you have spoken to. Um, And they've been, they're very smart people, all scientists, doctors, Dr. Kate Jeffries, who did a submission uh, proposal for the school committee. Um, They're offering solutions you know, like I, I admire the work they're doing. They're, they're dedicating a lot of their time, their professional expertise. Um, but someone put me in touch with Larry, so we've never even met, but we've been communicating all summer. Um, and he was part of the air quality proposal, uh, which led to the school buying portable air purifiers. Oh, wow. 
Yep. And then he was also part of the proposal for the COVID testing that Dr. Jeffries pre uh, presented to the school committee. So it's a lot of parents getting active and, you know, getting together. But the Belmont um, put Belmont Kids First page is where we all communicate. Yeah, it's nice to see that that's making such a difference. And it really is about the fact that you want schools to reopen. Right now, the schools are remote only for all grades. Um, there's a little progress. The school committee did vote in favor of uh, K through 2. Am I right? K through 5. K through 4. K through 4 to start a, in the hybrid model, which is two, three hours, two, two days a week, three hours each, right? And they have an, another model that they're going to be voting on September 29th, 2020, where we expect them to. And that model is for grades 5 through 12, and it's also two days a week, three hours each. It's the same kind of a, a thing. How do you feel about that model? You know, I would take anything at this point, because just to have the kids see each other, be among their peers, re-engage with their, you know, reconnect with their teachers. I just think it's been seven months since they've been in school, and I feel... I just feel like the tension's building. They just, even if we had, you know, any portion of time in school safely, um, it would help. I do think that's the most limited amount of time that they could even present. Um, I think that's part of the COVID testing plan is to provide the ability to have more in-person instruction, to get the kids in there maybe every morning and then maybe remote in the afternoon or one week on, one week off. Or like most other districts seem to be doing two days Monday, Tuesday, clean Wednesday, a second cohort on Thursday, Friday. Right. So, well, I agree. It's been seven months um, that the children have been, you know, out of school, out of a routine, a um, lot of isolation. Um, we're always telling our kids less screen time, and now we're putting them in front of the screens for an additional six hours. Um, and you know, everybody just wants them back in the schools. We understand that there are challenges and there are voices on both sides. We just want them through the doors, get them back to some sort of a routine, um, a more robust learning routine um, than what we've seen thus far and just get the kids back back to normal as, as much as we can, as early as we can. We may have already wasted two months of time, even if best case scenario, we get in at the October 22nd accelerated hybrid timeline we may have already missed two months that they could have already been in school, testing the hybrid, working the hybrid, and maybe working up to additional times or days or hours. And why don't each of you tell me how it's been so far? School started September 16th. How has the experience been remote only for your children? And, and, and remind everybody what grade your child's in. Um, well, I've got twin girls that are juniors, and my son is in seventh grade. So obviously my main concern is junior year, academically probably the most important year. Um, so I would say it's been extremely frustrating. Um, I, they don't enjoy remote learning at all. Uh, they're asking to go back to school. But it's, um, it's kind of the isolation, the frustration. If you don't understand something, just it's hard to like break into class and ask a question remotely. Um, another thing that Melissa was mentioning, the screen time and the social media, I don't normally want my children to have their cell phone with them during the day, but I, I want them to be able to ask their friend, do you know what she's talking about? Or do you get this problem? Or, you know, I want to ask a question or just some connection to the outside world while they're sitting in the dining room in front of a screen for six hours. So for me and, you know, my seventh, my seventh grader literally is, I think, getting through it. And the moment school's over, 
he's out the door to just get fresh air and, you know, ride his bike and just be outside, see his friends. Um, and he still gets excited. Oh, I had a, an assessment and I got them all right. So it kind of breaks my heart that this is the education they're getting because I know they care. But I think they're going to get used to this, you know, kind of languishing in remote. And they think if other people don't think it's important to get them into school, why should they think it's important to go to school? So it's the wrong message to them. And they're struggling. Um, my, I've got great kids and they're trying their best. But I can't tell you how difficult it is. And just working on this project is hard for me. I sit in my car a lot to like do texts and talk to people and I call it my office. office. <laughs> um, I have no, I'm not working now. I don't know how working parents are doing this because if I had a boss expecting me to, to get something done in a certain time, I am constantly monitoring my kids to make sure they're paying attention and not creeping away from their desk. Um, and I'll let Melissa talk to that because I know she... Um, so my child, uh, he'll be 12 uh, in a couple of weeks and he's in sixth grade um, at the Chenery. And a lot of similar um, frustrations and, uh, you know, obstacles that we're facing in our house too. I, I only have one. Um, and he's a really good student. And he typically would tell you that he doesn't like school when he's in school and he's begging now, mom, please, I want to be back in school. And, you know, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to, to hear that, that to have your nearly 12 year old begging to be back with some normalcy with their friends and with their teachers and engaging and learning in the way that they were, were meant to get the education that they deserve here in Belmont. So it is frustrating. I find myself, um, you know, constantly, constantly having to say, why are you getting up? Where are you going? And, you know, well, I'm thirsty. I have to go to the bathroom. Well, would you do that if you were in Spanish class in school? No, I wouldn't. So I think one of the biggest challenges, at least for, for Brock's age group, is sort of having the maturity to be able to flick that switch to realize I'm in school for six hours a day, even though I'm in my dining room or I'm in my bedroom or I'm in my kitchen. It's a real challenge for these kids, even for the students like Brock, that is a really good student. So it's a lot. And working, you know, my husband works full time. He's got a career. I have a career. I'm self-employed, so I can have some flexibility. But I have found myself having to arrange other meetings and arrange other things. And, you know, it's, it's, ex it's exhausting. <laughs> So last week, the Ed Commissioner, uh, Jeff Riley, the Ed Commissioner for the state, sent a letter to 16 districts, including Belmont, basically saying, why is your plan remote only when you're uh, basically a low-risk community? And why do, you, why do you think Belmont is being so, so cautious? And even Governor Baker said he agreed with Jeff Riley's uh, you know, wanting to, an explanation. So why do you think Belmont is being so cautious? Have you heard, have you received any answers? I know you've been trying to get answers from the administration. Um, okay, hit me with a loaded question, why don't you? <laughs> um, you know, the stated reason is that they're taking the slow, methodical approach um, for safety. So, of course, these are our children and our teachers, and we want everyone safe. So we, we're all on board with that. We, we agree with that. But what they're not balancing is the risks with remote learning. And we're just hitting the touch, of the, like the tip of the iceberg, telling you how it's going at home. I can't imagine some of the, the issues people are having. Um, it, struggling with that, the mental health issues, the social developmental issues with the children. So 
while I agree with safety, the slow methodical approach, what we don't understand is, is there something else at play here? Because it seemed like all along the plan was to start, you know, full in person. And they did a feasibility study uh, back in July, and apparently that's not an option. So you would think that they then would go to a hybrid plan, you know, some remote, some in-person education. Um, so our frustration is based on the fact that they just skipped hybrid and went right to remote at the beginning of August. So that's when everyone got engaged. And why'd you go right to remote? We have great numbers in Belmont. All the experts and the pediatricians and Dr. Fauci and education experts and even the school committee, I've emailed them and they, I've said the best remote plan is not as good as in-person. And they wrote, agreed. So everyone agrees that in-person education is the most important and the best type of education. So we were dumbfounded when they switched to uh, remote, you know, by choice. Like we're allowed to go back in person. So we don't know. That's part of why this movement and organization and, you know, that's what the rally's about today. I was telling you earlier, we were actually joking about doing this for two months. And the, and the fact that we're here today and it's actually happening just shows you how frustrated we are because we don't know why we're not hybrid. And we don't know why they didn't work on it over the summer or at the beginning of September or why did they didn't have it ready for the beginning of school. And while I understand teachers, you know, they're not in school over the summer and they have families also, other districts made it happen. I mean, if there was a way to, you know, compensate them for, you know, overtime, I, parents are willing. We've offered to fundraise. We've offered to volunteer. They're submitting proposals. Like we wanted, we've wanted to help all along. And I just think it's gotten to the point where we just don't know. I mean, we're, we appreciate the fact that they moved the possibility of hybrid up from November 9th to October 22nd. But we want to stay on it because we're afraid that, you know, we're not sure why things are happening. So we just want to make sure that they do move into hybrid. Agreed. So it, it feels like the school committee and Superintendent Phelan started to initiate the accelerated hybrid after Desi and the governor started to put a little bit of pressure on them um, and threatened, I don't like that word, but um, offered, you know, the audit, encouraged that you're going to be audited. So although we're happy that they're moving, you asked the million dollar question, Joanna, why? None of us know. And the 400 face group, uh, Facebook group members and the 600 petitioners are all trying to come to the bottom and come to a conclusion as to why they're waiting. The science is there and the data is there. And there are enough people that want their kids to go in. So that's the million dollar question. Why aren't we going back? Another important reason that um, was part of the delay all summer was that they were waiting for the um, air quality audit uh, for the school buildings. So another push that parents were making all summer and writing emails and, and once we found out how many people were involved, we're all saying the same thing. Please have the hybrid plan ready. So when we get the audit, the air audit report, if it's good, and we can get into school, we'll be ready to go. So I think my first letter stay, saying, you know, that I wanted, I supported in-person learning for the fall was July 16th. Then when they went to full remote, we started a change.org petition. That was, a, you know, first week in August, um, which now has 640 something signatures. Um, so every letter everyone has written has said, please have it ready for the beginning of school so we can just go when the building report comes back. So now the building report is back. Um, the town has said, I've heard, I've, 
forget um, his title, but the, the person in charge, director. facilities director, thank you, has said that he wouldn't hesitate to open the buildings right. once, once he presents that to the school committee, and I believe that was September 15th. Yes. So now September 28th, and we're waiting till October 22nd. It, that's, you know, that's the rally and the frustration. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about now. I want to talk to you about what's happening today. I know you have some really cool signs that a lot of people ordered. Um, maybe you can refresh, uh, refresh everyone's memory on what the sign says and how you came up with that slogan. And what do you hope to accomplish with this rally today? Which one of you? Melissa. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the grassroots person. Yeah, so the sign, lady. <laughs> the sign lady. So... You know, we've all driven around in our neighborhoods. There, There's a lawn sign for everything. And we were looking for an additional way to have our voices heard in in a respectful way, you know, to show respect for both sides of, of the issue. So um, the top of the sign says school, not screens. Um, and it was a collective of what we've heard throughout the group. There are kids. These are our taxes that we're paying. This should be our choice. And... Lo and behold, there came the sign and the hashtag Open Belmont Schools. So I think for the most part, it's been a really positive response. Um, we had 136 orders. So, you know, people are and some people bought multiples to give to grandparents, et cetera. So there definitely is support out there. And just, again, another it's another piece of the puzzle. Right. So the petition is a piece of the puzzle. Um, the emails are a piece of the puzzle. The rally, the signs, everything is a piece of the puzzle that hopefully we can make it fit finally to to get them back into school a lot of parents myself included have woke woken up every morning um thinking okay what can i do today it's literally the first thought of the day is you know it's like a gnawing feeling like what can we do to get the message out there so part of today is you know we've been talking about this we should we should protest we should rally we should just you know all come together and talk about it so part of it is just all of us getting together and being like this is like one of the last things we think we can do you know i mean this is going to be a, as melissa said to me this morning it's a long haul it's not a it's not a sprint it's a marathon so this is not the end but right now before the vote we just thought it was important to get everyone together to let everyone see how much support we have um, would we accept an earlier hybrid opening? Absolutely. If we could get one more week, you know, earlier, if they could move it up a week, that would be a total success. Um, we feel like we're running out of time just because, you know, it's already, you know, October this week. It's going to be October soon. So um, if we could move up the hybrid plan. But I also think awareness, you know, letting, letting everyone know that how important this is. Um, and I, I just think the frustration level, people want to do as much as they can. So we'll see. We hopefully, hopefully we have a good turnout. Um, we know that we've been talking to a lot of people all summer, and a lot of people have been saying we should do this, so we figured let's just do it. And we don't really know what we're doing. We just no. figured let's meet. <laughs> so the plan was to line Concord Ave, yeah. and we figured we could space out, we'd have our masks, and, you know, re respect social distancing. Yep. Um, and hopefully the weather cooperates. But, but I do think it's awareness. And, and if we could move the hybrid plan up one week, we would be happy. All right, so my next question is, after today, let's say the school committee, and we'll know what the school committee votes by the time this airs, but if they do, if they do vote in favor of this hybrid model starting October 22nd, um, what will happen to time to put kids first in Belmont? And what will you two be doing? I think it'll definitely continue. Um, I think these parents are, now that we're in touch, we're going to stay in touch. Um, and we're going to, you know, even if they vote to open October 22nd, we want to stay on this and make sure that that, you know, is a reality. 
um, and that it's, you know, we want to know, we want everything based on the numbers, the medicine, the data. We don't want it to be personal opinions of people. Um, I, I do think when they decided to go remote, one of the school committee members said it's just the right thing to do. So with the DESE guidelines, uh, the science is good, our numbers are good, our buildings are good. Um, as long as that stays the same, we're not going to go away. We want to make sure that they stay, you know, in the hybrid plan, but hopefully keep increasing the in-person learning. So I don't think it's over after the vote, um, but hopefully we can just, you know, continue to get more time in person in school. And I don't think that's going to be, you know, I think that's going to be a, like Melissa said, uh, it's not a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I agree. Um, I, I do think it's a long haul because we do see the data changing. We've seen it change since we started back on March 13th when <laughs> schools closed um, last year. So I think we do need to be prepared for anything, even if we are allowed um, to let the kids back in. I think it's it's going to be um, a long year and it's not just one particular answer or one particular response from the schools or the school committee or Superintendent Phelan. I think this is, is going to be a marathon and we're all united um, in the same way we we love our kids <laughs> you know we love our kids and we love our teachers but we want to see them together in in the school and that's what we hope to accomplish and when you asked about the rally and I, I do want to mention just one more point when people were coming to collect the signs um, at my house I had put them out on the porch and they came by and I had the opportunity to chat with almost every one of them if I wasn't on a on a work call and I have to tell you um, you know, Chris used the word heartbreaking earlier to hear the stories of some of these parents, um, many of them with special needs, many of the kids on IEPs, um, many single parents, um, you know, widows, people that are self-employed and can't go to work because they have to stay home. You know, it was really it was really heartbreaking. It was energizing and it was wonderful to know that we're all coming together. But there are a lot of other things that this is affecting. Um, and it was it was really hard to hear some of the parents' stories. You know, I have one child, and we have it a lot easier than a lot, lot of other people. So that's also why we're doing this, to fight for those people that have been fighting since the summertime um, with, with kids that have, you know, extra challenges. So that's important. I want to say something about that, too, actually. That just, you know, brings to mind one of the reasons, you know, our big focus has been on school reopening is that, you know, we know, we're well aware that, you know, we all respect the virus. We know this, you know, we don't take it lightly and we're not like, oh, just get the kids back in school. Like we're concerned. We don't want to send our children or teachers or administration into, into any unsafe condition. Um, and we know that this could be a roller coaster. It could be, you know, the, the original plan to open November 9th just didn't make sense to any of us because that's butting up to flu season and cold weather. And if they really wanted to get the kids in person, we have two months before November 9th where we should have, you know, taken advantage of the good weather, the good numbers. I mean, that might not always be the case. And we're well aware that if the numbers go up or something happens, we fall back to remote. And, and we understand that, um, you know, we're dealing with reality. Um, and, and I also, the, the thing I don't understand is we've been trying to be so respectful about this because the people that want remote and need it, they have the plan. And Belmont has assured them that Belmont teachers will teach their children. Uh, they won't go to the state education plan, state remote plan. Um, we don't. I don't really understand um, why there would be any controversy about parents wanting a hybrid plan, um, especially since the last parent survey that they did, 
85% of parents that responded want hybrid. So I think every hybrid, every survey they've taken, parents uh, that want hybrid are the majority. Um, so again, there's like a trust factor here. You know, we have all these parents asking for something. We're not sure why they're not doing it. The date they gave us, November 9th, to get the kids back in school seemed suspicious with flu season coming and the chance that number COVID numbers could go up. So no one understood why they were, you know, waiting so long. So that's that's why we're do, still doing the rally and that's why we're going to stay, you know, you know, we're going to keep participating in this. But um, I do think you have to look at the, the numbers and the data and, and follow that because it is going to be a long year. It is going to be difficult. And we want to be able to trust that they're doing it for the best interests of the children. So I, I do think... You know, it's going to be a long year, and we don't want to waste this beginning opportunity to take advantage of our good numbers. Well, do you think it has to do with the teachers and the teachers' union fighting against reopening schools? Have you heard anything about that? I, I don't. I mean, I could guess, but, I mean, I know a lot of teachers, and the teachers that I'm friends with, they want to go back in. Um, you know, they... I know teachers that are wearing their face shield and their mask and kids are laughing at them, but they have told me that every single kid in school is thrilled to be there, um, wants to be there, is happy to be there. They all think it's a little weird. They all know it's different, the new normal. Um, but the teachers I know want to go back in because they don't like remote either. You know, I know they miss their students. I think I've heard it's harder. Um, I know a teacher in Needham and you know, was teaching remotely from the classroom, but they're coming back soon for hybrid. And um, she said remote is much harder. So I know there are plenty of teachers that don't want to go back in, and I hope the, the district could figure out a way, um, you know, live streaming, let the teachers teach from home. You know, I'm sure there's a pool of qualified candidates we could choose from. I don't think it's easy, and, and I don't have all the answers. But again, I look at all the districts around me, um, that have figured out transportation, they figured out lunch, they figured out staffing, they figured out, you know, how to get the kids in, at least for a portion of the time, and then we wait and see what happens. You know, if the numbers stay low, maybe we increase the time a little. But I, I don't have any personal knowledge about it, but I would love to know. No, I mean, I don't have any personal knowledge either. You know, Chris and I share a lot of the same friends, a lot of teacher friends that, um, definitely want to be back in it it is more challenging on some of them and we don't know what the answer is that's the whole million dollar question is it the unions is it the superintendent is it the school committee is it we don't know what it is but we you know we need to just come together and keep and keep fighting until we discover <laughs> what the issue is <laughs> have either of you ever been involved in um any town positions, you know, school positions like PTO or town meeting or government kind of stuff? Would, would either of you consider ever getting involved, uh, maybe running for school committee? Um, after this experience, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not working now. I'm a lawyer um, and I worked at the state house for a few years in another life um, and I loved it. I, you know, it was, it was very exciting to see how things happen. Um, that's part of our group is going to be looking to people that are interested. There are people that um, are on our Facebook page that have run before. And so maybe reaching out to them. Um, I mean, education isn't my field, but I, I mean, I would, happy, I would be happy to run someone's campaign. <laughs> but I, I do think that is part of the solution. I actually had a nice talk with um, Senator Brownsberger um, for 40 minutes. I was, you know, I appreciated his time. Um, and I told him about our frustrations and um, 
I think he finally talked to me because I had CC'd him on every letter I wrote. Um, but I did appreciate his insight, and he said that's how he, you know, got involved in politics was he started, you know, the local level in Belmont um, and suggested that that's, you know, something that we need to explore. And there are people that are interested, and we are exploring it. Um, I don't think I'll be running, but I will support anyone that does. Right. right. <laughs> Um, I, I agree. Uh, the group is really starting to get the chatter going about what can we do to make some positive change and and have that effect. You know, it is difficult to, nobody wants to cast blame on the school committee. And, and to your question, well, do you want to run? Do you want to run? That's a really loaded and difficult question to answer. And it is hard. A, a, a mom of a 12-year-old, you know, a husband who travels, a full-time job, a career. So it is difficult. And, and I would be willing to do the grassroots to advocate and rally to to get people to come into that position to, you know, affect that change that we're looking for. So that's my next question. <laughs> um, do you think there needs to be change on the current school committee? Um, well, you know, I do. I do. I think there's a majority of parents that are engaged and asking for change and submitting proposals and telling them how important this is. The experts are saying it's important. The data is good. The um, Department of Education, DESE, is saying, you know, giving us guidelines what to do. I, I feel like we should be following the state guidelines as opposed to just, you know, personal opinions maybe swaying what they do for school opening. So just the right thing to do never floated with me. I don't, I don't think that makes sense. I think you have an education department that is telling you, giving you guidelines. And I know there's some you know, discrepancy about they're not giving enough guidance. I, I don't think anyone has an easy job right now. I think everyone's doing their best. I, I appreciate all their hard work. I know it's not an easy job. Um, I, I do think there needs to be change. I do think there are a majority of parents that are, you know, offering solutions, offering proposals, you know, urging them to get the kids back in school. Um, we have the State Department of Education with you know, giving us guidelines, you know, telling us that if you have good COVID numbers, kids should be back in school. I think most educators, experts, pediatricians um, all agree that's what we should be doing. So the fact that it's been two months and we're still asking the same questions, I do think there probably has to be, you know, maybe a new direction or more community input or more acknowledgement that, you know, we have, you have a majority of parents um, that you, I don't want to say they're ignoring us, but they, you know, just to substitute personal opinions for the DESE guidelines doesn't make sense. We want, we want the school committee to follow the guidelines, the data, you know, the medicine, the numbers. Um, and I just think, you know, they were elected to represent us and our children. And I, I, I know most educators that I know think in-person education is so valuable and so important that everyone's fighting to get the kids in school. I've got friends in Needham and they said their superintendent is doing everything he can um, to get the kids back in school and that their remote plan is intense. So I just, I don't find that here. So, you know, I, you know, maybe the, we do need new leadership because I feel like other districts are getting this done. I've talked to other moms in other, you know, towns that just say, you know, the superintendents are getting it done. And I have a neighbor that, you know, works at a private school and said he took two days off this summer because he knew he had to do three plans and he had to be ready to go at the beginning of school. So um, while I appreciate all their work and I know no one has an easy job this year um, and I, you know, 
I don't think it will be easy and we don't expect perfection. And if we have to pull back to remote and it's not ideal, uh, everyone understands. But I, I think the delay um, and the not following the guidelines and the numbers, I, I just think it's led to a, a lack of trust. Very, very well said. Yeah, I'll just add that it, it is um, an agreement. It is a very difficult um, job that the school committee has and that the superintendent has. But it goes back to the question, why are they not letting the children back in school? So they're not really giving any valid reasons as to why. And if they could come up with some valid reasons, maybe there would be less frustration on the other side. But to Chris's point, when the governor and Desi and everyone else is putting pressure on them and then that's the only time they listen, we have to question, what are the intentions of the school committee? Are, do they have our best, best interests at heart all the time? And sometimes when we feel like our opinions are not being heard or our wishes are not being heard, our voices are not being heard, then it's hard to have confidence, um, confidence in them and trust in them that they're doing the best thing for our children, which is what this is all about. I, want to, I just wanted to clarify one thing. There was this, the stated reason, the, the building audit. So yeah. they, it's not like, oh, they haven't told us anything. So I think the frustration that we feel is that once that report came out, we feel that they should have been in a hurry to get the kids started hybrid. So there have been some stated reasons, but I have been saying and other parents have been saying for, you know, eight weeks, well, you're going to be ready for, with hybrid once that plan comes out, right? Because it was expected at the beginning of September and, and it came out and it was a good report and we're still in remote and supposed to be till November 9th. So I think that's where the frustration is that, you know, the excuses are gone. It's time to get in there. The goalpost keeps moving. Right. <laughs> The goal post keeps moving. I have one final question as we wrap this up because a rally, big rally is supposed to start. Um, the final question is, do you think that um, time to put kids first in Belmont is making a difference? Um, well, I would say yes, because you're here and we're talking to you about it. And I feel like, oh, all right. So I guess yes. <laughs> Um, I do think, I think it's, you know, it's gotten the parents together. That's the biggest thing. We see that, you know, I'm not alone. When I started that petition, I had no idea how many people would sign it. You know, Melissa, the same thing. Like everyone was, you know, we're all isolated too because of COVID. It's not like we're seeing each other at sporting events and we're not going out to bars or restaurants or social events in town or town day. I mean, nothing's going on. So everyone is sitting at home frustrated about what's happening and, once we started talking, um, I just think it like brought us together. It, it's actually been in, like, you know, encouraging that like this many parents care so much and are willing to get involved and are willing to, you know, get out there and come pick up signs and purchase signs. And um, so I think it's made a huge difference. Um, just it's an avenue to bring us all together when we can't get together in person. Uh, and it's enabled us to get some attention, you know, to try to get the kids back in school. Uh, you are getting a lot of attention. I failed to mention that uh, Fox 25 has interviewed uh, people in Belmont uh, twice last week, and it looks like they may even be back today. <laughs> well, to, to answer your question, I do think that the group has brought us together. And 
sometimes we see each other, you know, on the field and passing and you might know Mary, but you're busy toing and froing. And then all of a sudden Mary comes to your doorstep and now you're having a 20 minute conversation about Mary's frustrations and her struggles. And it really has brought us all together in a really positive way. And you know, to show that we do have a voice and it's not one voice and it's not two voices. It is a whole big, loud group of voices that all feel the same way and we do want to be heard. So I think we will continue to be and we'll keep the group going and just hope for the best. Well, I'm going to let you guys go uh, to your rally now. These, these two women have a big responsibility ahead of them. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to Belmont Buzz. Stay tuned for more on, on the rally.